Chapter Thirteen of Zastrozzi, a Romance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Zastrozzi, a Romance by Percy Bysshe Shelley. Chapter Thirteen. The enticing smile, the modest seeming eye beneath whose beauteous beams belying heaven lurk searchless cunning cruelty and death thompson still did matilda's blandishments her unremitting attention inspire verezzi with a softened tenderness towards her he regarded her as one who at the risk of her own life had saved his who loved him with an ardent affection and whose affection was likely to be lasting and though he could not regard her with that enthusiastic tenderness with which he even yet adored the memory of his julia yet he might esteem her faithfully esteem her and felt not that horror at uniting himself with her as formerly but a conversation which he had with julia recurred to his mind he remembered well that when they had talked of their speedy marriage she had expressed an idea that a union in this life might endure to all eternity and that the chosen of his heart on earth might by congeniality of sentiment be united in heaven the idea was hallowed by the remembrance of his julia but chasing it as an unreal vision from his mind again his high sentiments of gratitude prevailed lost in these ideas involved in a train of thought and unconscious where his footsteps led him he quitted the castella his reverie was interrupted by low murmurs which seemed to float on the silence of the forest it was scarcely audible yet verezzi felt an indefinable wish to know what it was he advanced towards it it was matilda's voice verezzi approached nearer and from within heard the voice in complaints he eagerly listened her sobs rendered her words which in passionate exclamations burst from matilda's lips almost inaudible he still listened a pause in the tempest of grief which shook matilda's soul seemed to have taken place oh verezzi cruel unfeeling verezzi exclaimed matilda as a fierce paroxysm of passion seized her brain will you thus suffer one who adores you to linger in hopeless love and witness the excruciating agony of one who idolizes you as i do to madness as she spoke thus a long-drawn sigh closed the sentence verezzi's mind was agitated by various emotions as he stood 
but rushing in at last raised matilda in his arms and tenderly attempted to comfort her she started as he entered she heeded not his words but seemingly overcome by shame cast herself at his feet and hid her face in his robe he tenderly raised her and his expressions convinced her that the reward of all her anxiety was now about to be reaped the most triumphant anticipation of transports to come filled her bosom yet knowing it to be necessary to dissemble knowing that a shameless claim on his affections would but disgust verezzi she said oh verezzi forgive me supposing myself to be alone supposing no one overheard the avowal of the secret of my soul with which believe me i never more intended to have importuned you what shameless sentiments shameless even in solitude have i not given vent to i can no longer conceal that the passion with which i adore you is unconquerable irresistible but i conjure you think not upon what you have this moment heard to my disadvantage nor despise a weak unhappy creature who feels it impossible to overcome the fatal passion which consumes her never more will i give vent even in solitude to my love never more shall the importunities of the hapless matilda reach your ears to conquer a passion fervent tender as mine is impossible as she thus spoke matilda seemingly overcome by shame sank upon the turf a sentiment stronger than gratitude more ardent than esteem and more tender than admiration softened verezzi's heart as he raised matilda her symmetrical form shone with tenfold loveliness to his heated fancy inspired with sudden fondness he cast himself at her feet a lethean torpor crept upon his senses and as he lay prostrate before matilda a total forgetfulness of every former event of his life swam in his dizzy brain in passionate exclamations he avowed unbounded love oh matilda dearest angelic matilda exclaimed verezzi i am even now unconscious what blinded me what kept me from acknowledging my adoration of thee adoration never to be changed by circumstances never effaced by time the fire of voluptuous of maddening love scorched his veins as he caught the transported matilda in his arms and in accents almost inarticulate with passion swore eternal fidelity and accept my oath of everlasting allegiance to thee adored verezzi exclaimed matilda 
accept my vows of eternal indissoluble love verezzi's whole frame was agitated by unwonted and ardent emotions he called matilda his wife in the delirium of sudden fondness he clasped her to his bosom and though love like ours exclaimed the infatuated verezzi wants not the vain ties of human laws yet that our love may want not any sanction which could possibly be given to it let immediate orders be given for the celebration of our union matilda exultingly consented never had she experienced sensations of delight like these the feelings of her soul flushed in exulting glances from her fiery eyes fierce transporting triumph filled her soul as she gazed on her victim whose mildly beaming eyes were now characterized by a voluptuous expression her heart beat high with transport and as they entered the castella the swelling emotions of her bosom were too tumultuous for utterance wild with passion she clasped verezzi to her beating breast and overcome by an ecstasy of delirious passion her senses were whirled around in confused and inexpressible delight a new and fierce passion raged likewise in verezzi's breast he returned her embrace with ardour and clasped her in fierce transports but the adoration with which he now regarded matilda was a different sentiment from that chaste and mild emotion which had characterized his love for julia that passion which he had fondly supposed would end but with his existence was effaced by the arts of another now was matilda's purpose attained the next day would behold her his bride the next day would behold her fondest purpose accomplished with the most eager impatience the fiercest anticipation of transport did she wait for its arrival slowly passed the day and slowly did the clock toll each lingering hour as it rolled away the following morning at last arrived matilda arose from a sleepless couch fierce transporting triumph flashed from her eyes as she embraced her victim he returned it he called her his dear and ever-beloved spouse and in all the transports of maddening love declared his impatience for the arrival of the monk who was to unite them every blandishment everything which might dispel reflection was this day put in practice by matilda the monk at last arrived the fatal ceremony fatal to the peace of verezzi was performed a magnificent feast had been previously arranged 
every luxurious viand every expensive wine which might contribute to heighten matilda's triumph was present in profusion matilda's joy her soul-felt triumph was too great for utterance too great for concealment the exultation of her inmost soul flashed in expressive glances from her scintillating eyes expressive of joy intense unutterable animated with excessive delight she started from the table and seizing verezzi's hand in a transport of inconceivable bliss dragged him in wild sport and varied movements to the sound of swelling and soul-touching melody come my matilda at last exclaimed verezzi come i am weary of transport sick with excess of unutterable pleasure let us retire and retrace in dreams the pleasures of the day little did verezzi think that this day was the basis of his future misery little did he think that amid the roses of successful and licensed voluptuousness regret horror and despair would arise to blast the prospects which julia being forgot appeared so fair so ecstatic the morning came inconceivable emotions inconceivable to those who have never felt them dilated matilda's soul with an ecstasy of inexpressible bliss every barrier to her passion was thrown down every opposition conquered still was her bosom the scene of fierce and contending passions though in possession of everything which her fancy had portrayed with such excessive delight she was far from feeling that innocent and calm pleasure which soothes the soul and calming each violent emotion fills it with a serene happiness no her brain was whirled around in transports fierce confused transports of visionary and unreal bliss though her every pulse her every nerve panted with the delight of gratified and expectant desire still was she not happy she enjoyed not that tranquillity which is necessary to the existence of happiness in this temper of mind for a short period she left verezzi as she had appointed a meeting with her coadjutor in wickedness she soon met him i need not ask exclaimed sastrozzi for well do i see in those triumphant glances that verezzi is thine that the plan which we concerted when we last met has put you in possession of that which your soul panted for oh zastrozzi said matilda kind excellent zastrozzi 
what words can express the gratitude which i feel towards you what words can express the bliss exquisite celestial which i owe to your advice yet still amid the roses of successful love amid the ecstasies of transporting voluptuousness fear blighting chilly fear damps my hopes of happiness julia the hated accursed julia's image is the phantom which scares my otherwise certain confidence of eternal delight could she but be hurled to destruction could some other artifice of my friend sweep her from the number of the living tis enough matilda interrupted zastrozzi tis enough in six days hence meet me here meanwhile let not any corroding anticipations destroy your present happiness fear not but on the arrival of your faithful zastrozzi expect the earnest of the happiness which you wish to enjoy for ever thus saying zastrozzi departed and matilda retraced her steps to her castella amid the delight the ecstasy for which her soul had so long panted amid the embraces of him whom she had fondly supposed alone to constitute all terrestrial happiness racking corroding thoughts possessed matilda's bosom deeply musing on schemes of future delight delight established by the gratification of most diabolical revenge her eyes fixed upon the ground heedless what path she pursued matilda advanced along the forest a voice aroused her from her reverie it was verezzi's the well-known the tenderly adored tone struck upon her senses forcibly she started and hastening towards him soon allayed those fears which her absence had excited in the fond heart of her spouse and on which account he had anxiously quitted the castella to search for her joy rapturous ecstatic happiness untainted by fear unpolluted by reflection reigned for six days in matilda's bosom five days passed away the sixth arrived and when the evening came matilda with eager and impatient steps sought the forest the evening was gloomy dense vapours overspread the air the wind low and hollow sighed mournfully in the gigantic pine-trees and whispered in low hissings among the withered shrubs which grew on the rocky prominences matilda waited impatiently for the arrival of zastrozzi at last his towering form emerged from an interstice in the rocks he advanced towards her success 
victory my matilda exclaimed sastrozzi in an accent of exultation julia is you need add no more interrupted matilda kind excellent sastrozzi i thank thee but yet do say how you destroyed her tell me by what racking horrible torments you launched her soul into eternity did she perish by the dagger's point or did the torments of poison send her writhing in agony to the tomb yes replied sastrozzi she fell at my feet overpowered by resistless convulsions who more ready than myself to restore the marchesa's fleeted senses who more ready than myself to account for her fainting by observing that the heat of the assembly had momentarily overpowered her but julia's senses were fled for ever and it was not until the swiftest gondola in venice had borne me far towards your castella that il consiglio di dieci searched for without discovering the offender here i must remain for where i discovered the fatal consequences to us both are obvious farewell for the present added he meanwhile happiness attend you but go not to venice where have you been so late my love tenderly inquired verezzi as she returned i fear lest the night air particularly that of so damp an evening as this might affect your health no no my dearest verezzi it has not hesitatingly answered matilda you seem pensive you seem melancholy my matilda said verezzi lay open your heart to me i am afraid something of which i am ignorant presses upon your bosom is it the solitude of this remote castella which represses the natural gaiety of your soul shall we go to venice oh no no hastily and eagerly interrupted matilda not to venice we must not go to venice verezzi was slightly surprised but imputing her manner to indisposition it passed off unmarked by events of importance a month passed away matilda's passion unallayed by satiety unconquered by time still raged with its former fierceness still was every earthly delight centred in verezzi and in the air-drawn visions of her imagination she portrayed to herself that this happiness would last for ever it was one evening that verezzi and matilda sat happy in the society of each other that a servant entering presented the latter with a sealed paper the contents were matilda contessa di laurentini is summoned to appear before the holy inquisition 
to appear before its tribunal immediately on the receipt of this summons matilda's cheek as she read it was blanched with terror the summons the fatal irresistible summons struck her with chilly awe she attempted to thrust it into her bosom but unable to conceal her terror she essayed to rush from the apartment but it was in vain her trembling limbs refused to support her and she sank fainting on the floor verezzi raised her he restored her fleeting senses he cast himself at her feet and in the tenderest most pathetic accents demanded the reason of her alarm and if said he it is anything of which i have unconsciously been guilty if it is anything in my conduct which has offended you oh how soon how truly would i repent dearest matilda i adore you to madness tell me quickly confide in one who loves you as i do rise verezzi exclaimed matilda in a tone expressive of serene horror and since the truth can no longer be concealed peruse that letter she presented him the fatal summons he eagerly snatched it breathless with impatience he opened it but what words can express the consternation of the affrighted verezzi as the summons mysterious and inexplicable to him pressed upon his straining eyeball for an instant he stood fixed in mute and agonizing thought at last in the forced serenity of despair he demanded what was to be done matilda answered not for her soul born on the pinions of anticipation at that instant portrayed to itself ignominious and agonizing dissolution what is to be done again in a deeper tone of despair demanded verezzi we must instantly to venice returned matilda collecting her scattered faculties we must to venice there i believe we may be safe but in some remote corner of the city we must for the present fix our habitations we must condescend to curtail our establishment and above all we must avoid particularity but will my verezzi descend from the rank of life in which his birth has placed him and with the outcast matilda's fortunes quit grandeur matilda dearest matilda exclaimed verezzi talk not thus you know i am ever yours you know i love you and with you could conceive a cottage elysium matilda's eyes flushed with momentary triumph as verezzi spoke thus amid the alarming danger which impended her under the displeasure of the inquisition whose motives for prosecution are inscrutable 
whose decrees are without appeal her soul in the possession of all it held dear on earth secure of verezzi's affection thrilled with pleasurable emotions yet not unmixed with alarm she now prepared to depart taking therefore out of all her domestics but the faithful ferdinand matilda accompanied by verezzi although the evening was far advanced threw herself into a chariot and leaving every one at the castella unacquainted with her intentions took the road through the forest which led to venice the convent bell almost inaudible from distance told ten as the carriage slowly ascended a steep which rose before it but how do you suppose my matilda said verezzi that it will be possible for us to evade the scrutiny of the inquisition oh returned matilda we must not appear in our true characters we must disguise them but inquired verezzi what crime do you suppose the inquisition to allege against you heresy i suppose said matilda you know an enemy has nothing to do but lay an accusation of heresy against any unfortunate and innocent individual and the victim expires in horrible tortures or lingers the wretched remnant of his life in dark and solitary cells a convulsive sigh heaved verezzi's bosom and is that then to be my matilda's destiny he exclaimed in horror no heaven will never permit such excellence to suffer meanwhile they had arrived at the brenta the brenta's stream glided silently beneath the midnight breeze towards the adriatic towering poplars which loftily raised their spiral forms on its bank cast a gloomier shade upon the placid wave matilda and verezzi entered a gondola and the grey tints of approaching morn had streaked the eastern ether before they entered the grand canal at venice and passing the rialto proceeded onwards to a small though not inelegant mansion in the eastern suburbs everything here though not grand was commodious and as they entered it verezzi expressed his approbation of living here retired seemingly secure from the scrutiny of the inquisition matilda and verezzi passed some days of uninterrupted happiness at last one evening verezzi tired even with monotony of ecstasy proposed to matilda to take the gondola and go to a festival which was to be celebrated at st mark's place end of chapter 13 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey